listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hello, Montreal. It's me, Keith, from the podcast. This year, we're super excited to announce a sort of mini-series of podcasts that we're going to be doing uh, to hype up some of the music festivals that are coming up in the next couple of weeks in Montreal. We're going to be talking about 77 Montreal, Heavy Montreal, and Oceaga in a series of uh, short little um, episodes where we talk about some of the bands that we're looking forward to the most at these festivals and play some uh, short little audio clips of some of the music that you're going to be hearing at these festivals. We're super excited about it. So should you be, and this is one of those episodes. Twenty-seven, July twenty-seven, Park John Drapeau. Something brings you. I feel like it's a Venko, but I forgot where my beer is. Scott, what did I do with my beer? There it is. It's right there. There is literally nothing more punk rock than starting a podcast with. That noise. Uh, 77 Montreal is back. Scott, are you excited? I'm super excited. (laughs) Way more excited than I thought I would be. You were like, hey, is the Punk Rock Festival coming back? And I was like, yeah, man. It's going to be the Punk Rock Festival. You're like, I'd like to take some pictures at the Punk Rock Festival. And then you told me today that you were like, do I like punk rock music? And then you listen to punk rock all day. And then you were like, yes, I do. Yeah. (laughs) It's good. It was like exactly what you want from a festival <laughs> yeah no the first year the uh last year was the first edition and i hats off to the organizers of kind of like they're grabbing like a couple nostalgia acts uh like some hardcore acts some straight pump punk rock some like surfer rock some ska some more like legit punk. punk like yeah they go like all over the map in terms of what could be punk in an, uh, I think, a very smart way. So kudos to Avenco, I suppose, for organizing a pretty solid lineup. Like, I think everybody, if you're like me, and you remember, I mean, or if you're a fan of, like, Pootsa Fest or uh, back in the day. Warped like Tour, even? Well, yeah, but Warped Tour was also all commercial and stuff. I think everybody sort of, like, arced an eyebrow when they were like, oh, the Oceaga people are booking a punk rock festival. But they, like, knocked it out of the park with the lineup, and then this year they did the same. So I think you'd be like silly if you're a punk rock fan and you don't go to this. And if you're not sure if you're still a punk rock fan. Scott's the guy. Like, really, I I wasn't. It's been a long time since I've really associated or (laughs) had any real punk rock music resonate with me. I was going to say, and you were also, I don't think you, punk was never your main thing. You were always like. Alternative. You were like, Like, and you're like, and I like some punk. Yeah. And, I mean, in the 90s, there's a lot of crossover between that, you know? Yeah, 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 for sure. But trying to remember if I like punk, (laughs) I listen to a lot of the music from the bands that are playing at 77 Montreal, Mm -hmm. and really liked a lot of the music (laughs) that I was listening to. Well, that's good, buddy, because I'm glad I'm not just going to be, like, going there with you, and you'll be like, this sucks, I hate punk rock. Because I saw the lineup, and I was, like, sold on, like, most of it. Uh, I don't even think I've, I haven't had the time to go as in depth as you have though. Like for instance, uh, you came to my house today and you were telling me about Jeff Rosenstock. Oh, I'm really excited to see (laughs) after having discovered him yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) So Jeff Rosenstock. So here's the thing that I was like looking up on, on the old Wikipedia. Uh, he's 35. He was born in 1982 and his official years active has him starting making music, uh, since 1995, which means that he was 13 years old, being a little punk rock music kid. He's been the lead vocalist in a bunch of bands. Um, I know him from his time in Mustard Plug, 
which he was not the lead singer of. And also, I do remember um, The Arrogant Sons of Bitches, which he was the lead singer of, but now he's solo performing. And I did not know that I knew him until I looked any of this up. But what resonated with you about Jeff Rosenstock? I listened to a couple of his songs uh, yesterday and today Mm -hmm. and put them on repeat a few times because they really did. You already like singing them by heart. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He kind of is in a space in his music where he's talking about what it's like to not be cool because you're too old. Eh. And... And I think that must be even crazier as like a punk rocker because like someone not, who was actually super cool, uh, but also super cool. And then even the thing that you were super cool because of is also no longer cool. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? I was like, I mean, like Tony Hawk became a dad, but skateboarding is still awesome. You know? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like <laughs> Jeff Rosenstock is like, I was in a ska punk band, and then you're like, yeah, that's good for you, bud. Good for you. I mean, how are, how are your kids doing? <laughs> Pick out a good kindergarten? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like the thing that he did is also, like, no longer... I I worked at a video store. Yeah. Fuck. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's it. It's not like it stayed cool. Like, (laughs) Punk Ska did not stay cool. His his heyday, I'm sure, was, like, a heyday. Yeah. (laughs) And his music has this alternative rock, but with a punk sensibility but like a nostalgia to it. And it's really, really clicked with me. You, you played me the track and I kind of uh, thought about it as like sort of like a punk rock Ben Folds, as weird as that sounds. Like it has like that introspective, like... Looking backwards. Yeah, like a little bit of melancholy, but with kind of a like a, a ska punk kind of vibe. Yeah. Scott, which, which do you want to play a clip for the listeners? Yeah, I want to listen to um, Nausea, which is... One of his new tracks. It came off his new album that came out in January of this year. All right. And uh, it, it rocks. I'm excited to listen to this clip. We're going to be listening to short clips of the bands that we're talking about. Scott, when you're ready. But wait a second. I see it. I see it. I see how it resonates to a man who was cool back in college. I once was. I once was. <laughs> and now you're married with a kid. Um, and like a cool dad, but that's like a whole different kind of. A cool dad is a whole other kind of thing. Yeah. One second. No, man, I like it. It's, I dig it. And for me, that's gotten me the most hyped to be around punk rock music. Because in my head, I was just thinking... <clears throat> I'm going to listen to rancid knockoffs for I think, 10 hours, and it's going to be long. I think that's also, I mean, like, what like you'll, you'll see when you went there. Like, I went there last year, and I think you'll see when you go to 77 Montreal that it's, like, it's not Warp Tour. Like, there, there's a good number of people in the 30s and 40s who are, like, let's just, like, we're going to be, like, we're going to have a few beers and just listen to the music we enjoy. Like, there's, there's like, a little kid section for all the little, like, kid punkers and stuff. Nice. Like, Just the fact that it took me effort to remember that not all punk music sounds exactly the same <laughs> means i haven't been listening to it enough lately clearly yeah yeah uh what other bands are you excited for scott uh another band that i discovered because a lot of this is just discovery 
yeah. as, as I'm getting back into it, was Iron Sheik, which I didn't get was a joke until I said it out loud five minutes ago. <laughs> And you're like the target market for that joke, buddy. No. So it's Iron C H I C. That's right. Chic. From Long Island, New York. And they're like a relatively new pop punk band that they formed in 2008. Um, and they've had three albums in that time. Uh, I don't know anything about this band. I don't, I don't mind saying that I'm 35 years old. <laughs> and a lot of new music in the independent scene that's not going to get coverage anywhere else. It's, it's really hard to reach any audience. Sure. And, and I mean, and the other thing about it, like we talked, oh, why am I blanking on their names? Like we talked with some of, uh, why am I blanking on their names? We had a couple of conversations on Go Plug Yourself. We had with musical artists. Screaming Demons. There we go. We had the Screaming Demons on who are kind of like a new, uh, they're like a rock, like a like a rockabilly punk vibe and stuff. And it's just like without going to clubs and going to shows with bands you've never heard of the way you would when you're a kid, it's hard. Like I'd be like, right. yeah, I would have been into you. I would have been into this band. <laughs> like if I were, they're like a horror music inspired local Montreal, like punkabilly kind of band. And I was like, yeah, I would have been really into this as a teenager. And I'm like, I'm still into it now. I don't, like, I like listening to them. But There's it would have been that perfect discovery. Yeah, and I, but, I, but if I literally didn't host a podcast about, <laughs> like, Montreal talents, I would have n- never showed up on my radar. Yeah. Like, which, I mean, I think might be the case with Iron Sheik. Like, They've got a really again, good a plus, sound. A plus name, guys. <laughs> They've got a really good sound. It's, it's heavier. It's a little bit darker, but it has more rock sensibilities okay. than just like a, a straight three-chord punk rock band. Yep. Um, and you, and you and selected a song for us? Yeah. Uh, the the song that I've kind of latched onto from them is called My Best Friend is a Nihilist. Aww. And uh, John's not it. here right now. I mean, he's a nihilist. <laughs> I think he'd dig it too, yeah. Let's hear it. I'm sensing uh, like a, a theme. <laughs> I just watched a music video of a bunch of old punk rockers talking about dying. They're not that old. They Come look on. to be in their, I would say, late 20s to early 30s. Sure. They've as I'm remember 40, we said man. we on. said they started they started in 2008, right, so which meant yeah they're just still they've still been around for 10 years. <laughs> so like if they started at 25, they're now 35. But if you just checked out that song, uh, it's very like summer rock. Yeah, you know, pop in the car and and yeah, try put to it, get out put of the it suburbs. on for some tunes and driving. Yeah, no, it's like it was very um like yeah like like pop punk is the wrong word, but like garage band music. Yeah, it's, it's like like, like garage pop kind of. I would say like yeah. it remind reminds me a lot of listening to the buzz in two thousands or like late nineties. Yeah, my cousin had a band and yeah, and they, they were, were and they were pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if Iron Sheik listens to this, they're like, you guys suck. <laughs> Listen, but maybe you're related to us. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I don't mean that in a shitty way. I mean that, like, my cousin had a band when I was a teenager, and they were pretty good. And that, their fucking songs were on every playlist mixtape that I made for, yeah, like, yeah. two years. Yeah, fun. And I feel like Iron Sheik is, is right in that zone where you're just like, fuck, you got to check this out. It's fun. <laughs> 
So uh, the next song we have, or the next thing we're going to talk about is Rise Against. Uh, I'm wondering where Rise Against landed for you because like they've been like a mainstay for me but you're a little bit older right because like they they started in 1999 yeah. yeah so i was like that was right when i was in grade 11 and coming up into stage which, which when i was at like my maximum listening to punk and stuff well you just said sounded like something you would have heard on the buzz is rise against the stuff that we definitely heard okay to the buzz okay right? like no, but that, that's what I was wondering. I was like, as an as someone who's a little older, if it if it's still if Rise Against still got that play, like I don't. It was around, even I, if it didn't really latch on. With okay, because I, I found that yet. Because I was going to say that I found that they they got the most popular when in like later, like they had uh, Suffer and The Witness in two thousand six and Appeal to Reason in two thousand eight. All like got to number 10 and number three on the Billboard Top 200 chart. Like, Rise Against got way bigger, Yeah. like, later. Like, when they were already, like, seven years into the run. So. Yeah, I mean, they're a big name on the ticket. Mm-hmm. People know them. I know the songs even without remembering that I knew them. Yeah, yeah. you were like, you're like, oh, I've, oh heard yeah, this. I've heard this. I've heard this, I've heard this. <laughs> you know, being in traffic and, you know, having the radio on, and be like, oh, yeah, that band. Um. Oh. I like to point cool. out that all of the band members are straight edge except for Brandon Barnes. And I'm like, that's a weird tour bus. We're just going to sit down and play some board games. I'm going to crack a case of two four and party. I don't know if that's the situation, but it's a weird distinction to make. We're, we've all uh, chosen a straight edge uh, life support, life, life style. Brandon Barnes is like, yeah, but no. Like, I support you guys, but. Someone's got to go to the after party. Yeah, exactly. Someone's got to party. They're also all uh, PETA supporters and vegetarians. So socially conscious punk rock. And that's a thing. Uh, That's not completely out of left field when it comes to punk rock. What are we listening to from Rise Against, Scott? We're listening to one of their bigger hits, uh, Savior by Rise Against. That was Savior by Rise Against. Uh, yeah, that song got a ton of radio play. Right. That was. Like, and <laughs> yeah, but, but again, but that that was 2009. That was still like later Rise Against, which like later, still 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> that was, like, man. What was the what was the song at the first 77 Montreal? Uh, if I fall back down by Rancid, I was like, oh yeah, new Rancid. And then I was like, that song is like 12 years old. It's <laughs> 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 like it's like Cat Raz and I made mu- the music video with Nick Raz in the basement of her house when we were in Sage. We're like. Oh, this isn't New Rancid at all. This is also like, and you see kids like screaming the lyrics of like, if I fall back down. And I'm like, oh no, this is classic Rancid to all these kids yeah. too. I was like, and you're like, how, how, where does like Ruby Soho like exist to these kids? Or like, God, that's, that's like the doors. <laughs> it's the same band, but that's like the really old stuff, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you listen to Rise Against, you can hear they're like a punk rock band with someone melodic who can sing 
Yeah. Which is yeah. different than early punk, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The guy can hold a note. Um, this other band is another one that I uh, don't mind admitting that I haven't heard of, but obviously I'm excited for a couple reasons. One, they're, they're, they're probably young, which I'm always excited when young people make music, the youth of today. Watch it. We're going to watch a video and they're like 90. Uh, but they've only been together for the last seven years, and the other thing that I'm excited about them is that they're Canadian. They're a Canadian, I guess, emo pop punk band from Oakville, Ontario. I, I'm just weirded out because they don't have a number in their name. Because I listened to them, and I was like... Seaway 182. Yeah, like these guys <laughs> have obviously taken from uh, Blink-182. Yep. They've obviously taken from Sum 41. Yep. They're making punk rock music. They're, it's funny. There's a sense of humor in it. Um, they're kind of hamming it up in their music videos. Yeah. And... All of that is fine with me. I like. That. Yeah, no, like you're like you're saying that, and I was like, there's also something that happens, I think, at a festival, <laughs> where you're just like <laughs> you're just like down for stuff in a, like a different way. Like I, I would say that I have a zero percent chance on any given day of playing Blink 182 on my playlist. But like, if they were playing at a festival, I'd be like, I know enough Blink 182 songs that I will. Get in there and have fun. Same thing with like some forty one. Like I would mark out for Fat Lip. Like <laughs> you know, I'd be like, yeah. Like, hey, do you know what this music calls for? Jumping up and down. <laughs> like, I, I even think that's that's a little harsh, and because it's fun, I'm fine yeah, with having no, fun. And, with music. And I, maybe when I'm saying it has a zero percent chance of playing my playlist, it's just because I wouldn't think of it in a given day to play Blink One Eighty Two. If there was some algorithm that was like, "Hey Keith, do you want to listen to some Blink One Eighty Two? And just, if it just threw it in there, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. Like, like it, it kind of sucks. I don't have a car anymore, so I don't listen to the radio. But I wouldn't like change the channel if Blink One Eighty Two came on. Like, yeah. I would probably know the words and sing along. <laughs> like, there's a, a pretty good chance. So. um Matt Collar from All Music describes this band as making exuberant punk pop and emo rock music, and Rock Sound described the band sound as fast and classically melodic pop punk, combined with a distinct and unashamed pop sensibility. And from what you're saying, their music videos and stuff, they kind of have the, the tongue-in-cheek quality, I think, that made bands like Sum 41 and Blink-182 work, was that like they came off as goofy as dudes. Which yeah. I think is important. Like you can't be like, we're making serious music about I mean, crank calling people. <laughs> and not not just that. You can't be always making serious music if you're making punk music. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a place for that, but I was gonna say Henry, Henry Rollins makes the difference. <laughs> but it, it can't all be Henry Rollins. Yeah, but it, but a Henry Rollins can be all <laughs> Henry Rollins. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's uh let's listen to Seaway from Oakville, Canada. London. She's got her big plan She's got a year's rent She's got friends there She needs a change of scenery The other band that, that that reminds me of is an, another Canadian band called Gob. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except Whoop. Gob has much more punk rock vocals. They they borrow way more heavily from like Rancid. Than yeah. 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 For sure. But it's but it's still that that same that same vibe. But yeah, I was listening to that and I was like, first of all, uh, could 
could and almost certainly would have as a kid seen them play <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and there was a stretch of time when the, the, Gob popped into my head. There was a stretch of time where apparently Gob came to Montreal and kind of ran out of money. And subsequently, there was a period of about like a four to five weeks where Gob just started opening for everybody in Montreal. Like they were like opening for, <laughs> opening for Reset, opening for like the Smashers, opening for the Kingpins, like opening for everybody. And I was just like, just getting enough money to, I guess, fix the van. Gob is the perfect opening man because all of the songs are under two minutes long. And they're pretty fun. Yeah. And I was, I was like, despite having seen them, like because like, me and Cat Raz were just sort of like, who's opening? We're like, Gob. And we're like, nah. Because there was like a stretch of time where like Raz and I were going to like multiple shows a week, even of just like punk and ska, just all the time throughout yeah. most of Sejep. And yeah, there was a stretch where Gob was just opening a lot, and I guess they needed money to fix their van or something. That's awesome. But I was never like bummed out, and I wouldn't be bummed out with these guys. I'd be like, here, here, Seaway singing a song about not wanting to move to London because they're too broke and they just want to chill out with their friends. Something I can relate to. Like, yeah, I've been there too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, I'm going here for school. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I'll, I'll come out and visit sometime. <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be awesome. Uh, what other bands are you excited to see, Scott? I mean, you just dropped their name, the Planet Smashers. Oh, love them. I love Planet Smashers, man. I don't even know. I love them. This is another band that... But like, I mean, you you take the lead on this, because... Holy crap. Like, I have, was like, yeah, the Planet Smashers, I... I know them. <laughs> I have probably, like, like with no exaggeration, seen the Planet Smashers live, like, more than 20 times. That's like a cr- That's a lot of yeah, times. Yeah, and, like, and, and I don't consider it, like, and that's not me seeing them every time I could. <laughs> like, you know, like, that was... You're not, like, like, a deadhead for the Planet Smashers. <laughs> yeah, it was never, like, I'm going, like, just... Did you, like, follow them? Like, Halifax, Moncton? No, that was all in Montreal. Sherbrooke, Montreal. <laughs> all, all, all of these dates were in Montreal. You didn't have, like, the summer of Smashers. No, I mean, they, they played they played enough shows locally that, like, you could probably go see the Planet Smashers, I would say, like, once a month if you wanted to as a, as a Montreal, like, Scott kid. They weren't always, like, headlining, but it was, like, them and the Kingpins, like, basically, like, owned the Montreal ska scene in from, like mid to late 90s to early 2000s like it was just not like if there was a ska show there was a pretty good chance that they were on the bill like right. just constantly like they're I ready said, to play yeah they're ready to play they were from here and they they put on the what i think made those bands so special like both uh, the kingpins who were on last year's 77 montreal and the planet smashers is that they like they kind of always went the extra mile to make sure that their shows were like as much fun as possible like, they weren't just up there doing a show. They were, like, in different ways. Planet Smasher shows were always, like, a party, and yeah. we want everybody whatever. And then the Kingpin shows were always, like, very theatrical, where they were, like, dressed in the suits, and they we were led to believe that they were all criminal gangsters. But the Planet Smashers, um, there was Attack of the Planet Smashers, I think it was Planet Smashers, Attack of the Planet Smashers, and Life of the Party, I want to say, are the first three albums. And, like, those were three albums that I just listened to on repeat, especially, like, Life of the Party, which is like nostalgia wise is probably my um like most listened to <laughs> album from the planet smashers like right. uh with the songs like uh life of the party with the song uh super orgy porno party with uh what were the, what are the other tracks off that surfing into fino they like, had a surf rock song about canada's only surfing destination <laughs> like it's just they're um they they also did the amazing thing so for some reason ska music 
is uh, affiliated with bowling. I don't know if you're familiar with this. It's the bowling trope. shirts. Third third wave ska is very associated with third with uh, with bowling shirts. Yeah. And so there's an entire photo shoot and a music video of the Smashers, kind of wearing bowling clothing, but because they're Canadian, they're curling. Curling. Which is just amazing. I was <laughs> just like again just sold on their Planet Smashers choices. They played a free show at Pootsa Fest, I want to say two years ago, where they played the entirety of Life of the Party. Like, it was just like, this is the show. We're playing our album from 1999 <laughs> or whatever it was. And I was like, I'm into it. I'm just, I was like, I went and was like, I think I went that's, with Ka- That's like a thing that the prog rock bands do. That <laughs> the, we're like playing the entirety of our Pink third, Floyd appearing of to our play the entire album. of the wall. And again, I think this entire podcast is just like a shout out to Cat Raz because I also went with Cat Raz, <laughs> even though it was like two years ago. I was like, I seem. No, it wasn't. Was it two years ago? I'm wondering because she may have been pregnant. It might have been last year. And she was like, yeah, we're going to go see the Planet Smashers in 2017. And it was amazing. I'm uh, super nervous about the song I lined up now. Oh. <laughs> did I pick the right one? I mean, probably prob- not. Probably not. I'll, yeah, okay. Just what, what song did you, did you choose? I chose Blind by the Planet Smashers. This is one of their new ones, if I'm not mistaken. The video was fucking cool. We're going to talk about one of their other videos, but we're going to listen to Blind first. Scott, you didn't mess up that choice too badly. All right. You didn't pick anything. You, you picked uh, uh, off Blind from uh, No Self-Control, which was, and again, we talked about like New Rancid. No Self-Control, in my mind, was like New Smashers. <laughs> when did it come out? 2001. <laughs> that was, but, and, and I dug I, like, I dug it when it came out, but I was still like, I was like, why don't they play from the first album anymore uh, yeah exactly God. why aren't they playing their crap like why are they playing pee in the elevator they still play pee in the elevator i'm like very sure how dare they try to sell new records <laughs> and not play a song about peeing in an elevator <laughs> one of my favorite planet smashers memories was they did uh like music pieces like snow jam or whatever the heck it was they played a, a free show all right and from they it was in the um who who were they opening up for? Was it was no. it Moist or was it Probably, uh, yeah, Our yeah, Lady yeah. Peace? No, I think they were. They think they were closing, like it was because they were the Montreal band. What, like on Sunday, <laughs> it was one day. It was a one day <laughs> event. Uh, but yeah, they were doing it from the the stadium where the Alouettes play, the McGill Stadium. Okay, and they were like, you can actually see the building from here that I peed in. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, A+. Plus. Uh, the other thing I wanted to shout out about Planet Smashers before we move on to their uh, new, uh, the next band, is did you know that they released a video for the single Tear It Up off of their 2008 release that featured members of the Montreal Roller Derby League? I did know that. <laughs> yeah, they had like uh, emails coming out mm-hmm. for, for skaters to come in and yep. got everyone all glammed up. Yeah, it was cool. We, sh- we should. That's not the song we played. Blind, but we should check out that video after it's an this audio podcast. podcast. But yeah, you should. oh yeah. But I'm saying you and I, Scott and Keith, just should us. Check Everyone it should check. Everyone it out. should check it out. Yeah, yeah. Planet Smash. I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to. Uh, we talked a little bit about nostalgia bands. Yep. And uh, this is definitely one of the bands that I was excited 
to see it on the lineup. And I mean, I guess you were excited as well. Yeah, and I was you, like, did you vaguely forget who they were? No, I knew who they were. Oh yeah, you were like, I, I was like, L seven. All right, I got. I have one band that I'm okay <laughs> walking up to the stage and being like, I know who they are. Yeah, you were like, I know this band. And you then I listened to a bunch of L7 about, about it, and I was like, I can't listen to this. My kid might wake up. Oh, yeah. It's filthy. <laughs> I Absolute, have headphones on. Absolute filthy. And that's that's what L7 has always been. Yeah. I was reading up about uh, – so they formed in 1985. They broke up or I guess took a extended hiatus in 2001. But 85, 95, 2000 – 33 years of being uh, punk rock provocateurs, yep. I want to say. So uh, some of the memorable stuff that I wanted to mention. Um, 1992, uh, when they were experiencing some technical difficulties, uh, lead vocalist Danita Sparks removed her tampon on stage and threw it into the crowd, yelling, eat my used tampon, fuckers. Uh, at all, my favorite part about that is that has remained unapologetic about the incident. <laughs> like even with like twenty plus years of hindsight, you'd be like, "No, that's fine. <laughs> that is okay." Uh, I think there's so much um, long pause <laughs> influence that L7 has for sure. On like punk rock, girls. literally. I mean, like you think about bands that are like uh, even bands that had more success. Then L7, we're just doing copies of what L7 Well, yeah, was but doing. I'm like, is there like Pussy Riot, who are like a punk rock slash like uh, protest conglomerate at this point, who like literally had a stunt at the World Cup, right? Like the yeah. uh, members. No, you don't get that without L7. Yeah, you like, don't you get, don't, do you get there? You don't get Courtney Love taking L7's act and making it Entertainment Tonight worthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She also, uh, in 1992, <laughs> Sparks caused more controversy when she dropped her pants on live television. She was on The Word. Like, The Word is, like, one of their most watched, <laughs> like, TV shows. Like, that's, like, that's their Access Hollywood. Not really, but, like, an interview show, right? It's, like, it's their... It's, like, if you had, like, a Rosie O'Donnell show, but in primetime. That's what yeah. The Word is. Like, it's just, like, like, everybody popular comes on The Word. And Anita Sparks was just... Flashed her, flashed her under things, not her under things, like her full, her bits and pieces, her bits and pieces on television <laughs> during the performance. It's fucking punk rock. Yep. And then I don't know how this p- panned out, but in 1999, the band raffled off uh, a one night stand with one of their members, uh, Demetra Plakas. All right. I mean, I mean, if that doesn't get you excited to watch a, a grunge rock punk rock band, I don't know. Yeah, they're they're just a band that was around before grunge. Yep. Realized they were grunge. And 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 were able to like get airplay because of that. I guess. And then DJs kind of listened to what they were playing and were like, like "Oh, oh wait, no. wait, wait, no." Oh, hang no. On. <laughs> and that's uh that's great. Like I can remember the fucking coolest punk rock chick in my high school. Had an L7 patch? Had an L7 patch sewn yeah. onto a black backpack. <laughs> and she, like, put up with me because I, I listened to Nirvana and was all, still then, like, you, you just poser. You suck too much. You're a poser, Scott. No, you're, like, in my school, there was not a lot of grunge rock, <laughs> punk rock, so yeah. I was as close as it got. <laughs> but that, that was not enough for her to think I was cool. What are we listening to from L7, Scott? Uh, pretend that we're dead because we're still a podcast. <laughs> We'd like to keep being a podcast. There you go. What's up with what's 
Yep. <laughs> Fucking else happened. That song like, was everywhere. That song was like, like I don't even know. That's MTV and Much Music, desperate to play more grunge rock music, grabbing. Yeah, L7 and being like, people are talking about them too. We can play them. Yep. And, and this, I think, the one track that could get played. played. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, you, you, you get L7, you don't... L7 and Sonic Youth, and you don't get other bands that yeah that filled out the rest Fill of the Grunge, out Rock. Grunge Rock. And I mean, and maybe we're going to see old ladies drop their pants. Like, I don't want to rule that out. I mean, I'm not necessarily... No looking, one should rule that out. I'm not L7. looking forward to it, but I'm like, but no one should rule it out. Maybe when you're watching L7... I guess if you and you bring kids, we did talk about kids welcome at seventy seven Montreal. Maybe earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> and then cover the eyes occasionally. At the very least, make sure your kids know that spitting is wrong, but sometimes people do it. Because <laughs> that's gonna happen. Fair uh, enough. Scott, what is the next band that you want to talk about? Me first and the gimme gimmies. Alright, we talked about them. I mean Who doesn't well, know who me first and the gimme gimmies are? Even if you don't know who me first and the gimme gimmies are you know who they are. You also might not know what their current lineup consists of, which uh, shocked me. What? Oh, you mean oh. they're not? St- huh? It's not always the same guy. No, it's not always the same dudes. There's it's like a weird mishmash of the all-star one punk that rockers. Gets, and that gets me, and who's been a member of the while that I just did not know, is uh, Chris Shiflet from the Foo Fighters is an active member of Me First in the Gimme Gimmies. Of course he is. Because they're so much fun. Yeah. Like when Me First in the Gimme Gimmies, like it consists like mostly of members of like no effects no use for a name and Lagwagon. that was when they got together that was like yeah. the, the group that like the crew like the groups that i knew that contributed me first bands yeah uh me f- to the me first band and then it was just like and i think especially in the late 90s when you were making mixtapes like every single mixtape that i made had a me first track on it because you were always like isn't this crazy? <laughs> it's a punk rock cover of like a kid's song. They cover Mandy. Yeah. What? Yeah, Why? exactly. Uh, Just like punk rock. I think covers and punk rock, I think, have a long history together. Like, I, I remember a lot of songs where you're just like, let's do a punk rock cover of this. And it was, and like the fact that it wasn't a song that was ever like intended to be remotely close to punk. Um, was part of the allure. But me first went out of their way to find but, the most but then also, punk punk songs you could. But then also they went all in on being exclusively a cover band. Like almost yeah. every, like Lagwagon had uh, a cover of the Inspector Gadget theme song that they would play. Yeah. Like the, the, the Ramones bam, bam. playing Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. The Ramones, Ramones played Spider-Man for the Saturday morning track. Yeah. Like, that was the a lot of well, bands had their weird punk covers, but then Mephers was like, "But well, that is only what we do. It's the only thing we do." And and we're gonna go hard into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rocket Man, I believe I can fly. King Mandy. Yeah, the they did did an entire uh, one of the more recent albums. They did an entire album of like just like diva hits. Like awesome. <laughs> like it's like literally the entire album is like I think it's called We Are Diva. Or something like, and it's just like it's like, like Whitney Houston, and Mariah Carey, and all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, and then, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say about them. If you haven't heard of them, you're living under a rock. And you probably should listen to them because they're super fun. They you know, rock your socks <laughs> off. Uh, what song did you pick for me first? Um, written by Prince. Yep. Made famous by Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> Nothing compares to you. Oh, thanks, buddy. Since you've been gone, I can do whatever I want. I can see whomever 
Me first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, hilarious sound, like a hilarious band name for a guitar cover band. Yeah, and every time they start playing hard, you just can't help but rock your head out. And did you know? And I don't know how many members of it have it, but I know that Fat Mike and maybe some others have like me first tattooed inside even my sound stupid because i was flipping my lip down <laughs> they have an inside lip tattoo of i think either it says me first or just gimme inside and there's multiple members of it that have that tattoo sure why not gross i mean it probably is worn off i can't imagine that tattoo stays right you like you recycle skin i think inside your mouth deep thoughts <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't know maybe sure <laughs> maybe we have time to talk about one more band scott oh god really yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna. There's so many other bands. We're gonna throw in a bunch of shoutouts at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for sure. uh, the the next band we're gonna talk about is AFI. A fire inside. Yeah. I once saw a show. I feel like it was with Cat Raz. <laughs> 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 um, no, she definitely was there because the Distillers were playing. And like, if the Distillers were playing, Cat Raz was in attendance. It was uh, the Distillers, AFI, and Rancid, which like by. Nowadays, all three of them could easily just, like, be headlining their own shows. And, like, it was Distillers opening, AFI middling, Rancid closing. And it was just, like, a show at... Oh, man. I can't even remember where it was, but it was, like, small. Like, the venue was not huge. All right. I want to say maybe Medley? Like, yeah. So it wasn't, like, even, like, Spectrum or Metropolis. It was, like, a... Not even... Smaller than that. Smaller than that, yeah. And it was just ridiculous and amazing. And AFI was one of those bands that I was very into for a little while. And then I stopped being into them. And then all of a sudden they were on the radio. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that is I'll, I'll tell you what my first experience with AFI is. Uh, back in the day, a group of us used to make mix CDs for each other. Okay. And one of the mixes was a friend of ours who was self-proclaimed to be really, really into punk music. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's cool. I like punk music too. Right. Uh, Fucking Sex Pistols Rock. I'm, I'm down with it. And the first <laughs> track on it was this. And then I was like, huh. Christopher okay. Ryan. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think punk means I don't think punk means the same thing to, to both of us. And that's, that's like true. a shame. Like, I, I'm not going to say I dislike the track you chose. Yeah, but we'll just we'll say what it is. It was uh, Girls Not Grey. They brought out an album this called. Was a, this was a a song that made it into mainstream it rock came it came fight. out on sing the sorrow in 2003 which peaked at number 3 on the uh number 3 number 5 at the billboard 200 like and remained on the charts for 51 weeks yep that that is a like legitimate pop success that's not a, like a blip like we like we made the list and disappeared girls not great was such a big song it was all over the radio and it was not the AFI that I loved. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but I know they play some of their older stuff during their, their live show. So I'm like, I'm obviously going to be checking out AFI. It's going to be... A but they will play this song. Oh, they're definitely playing Girls Not Grey. Uh, listeners, if you've been listening to the show and you want to know what my pick was, it was Total Immortal. So you can go YouTube Total Immortal and enjoy it a ton. But Keith put me in charge of pulling out I the did. clips. So I did. this is the one I chose. And again, shout out to Topher for putting <laughs> this on this mix CD so long ago. <laughs> You're like, hey, girl's not great. <laughs>
<laughs> that was the radio hit, Scott. I mean, AFI has like a. They, they first of all they have like uh, they did an entire album in the late '90s that was just more hardcore, like just like actual hardcore, and then their first couple albums were like very punk rock. They've had like ten studio albums, and I know that for many people, we are in 2018. <laughs> that Girls Not Grey is is AFI. I'm hoping. I'm like I'm excited to see them play because I I want to I. Not gonna lie, I want to hear their old stuff, yep. but and I don't hate their new stuff in any real way. But still, um, yeah, if I, I will, I'm excited to check them out. I haven't seen them in a very long time, <laughs> like in such a long time. It's not even funny. Uh, there are that's kind of all what we're gonna talk about. But there's a lot of other bands uh, to talk about. Yeah, we listened a little bit as we were getting ready for this to Snowcats. Yeah, we listened to DOA. Yep. I'm kind of excited to see. DOA, I'm, I'm also super excited to see. I've seen, I have seen them before, but they're kind of on a reunion kick in the last couple of years that they even, uh, one of our friends, uh, Fightface, opened up for DOA late last year. They kind of had a, another reunion tour. They're like, if you look at DOA and you listen to them and then you check out the year that their first, that their music was coming from, they're like legitimately one of the pioneers of hardcore and they happen to be Canadian. Like you yeah. often think about hardcore music coming out of like New York and California and stuff, but DOA was like in Vancouver just deciding to... In the super early 80s. Yeah, super early, like, like way into it, way, way early. Uh, suicidal Tendencies are going to be there that it's not necessarily Scott's flavor, but... No, no, they have a lot of fans and uh, they play hard. Uh, interrupters. I've never heard of them before. I'm kind of down for it. I like the, we, their sound. They got some of the uh, smaller bands. They, the band that I'm uh, <laughs> most excited by the name is Les Fucking Raymond, who I really hope is... I don't know anything about them, but I really hope they're just a French Ramones cover band. <laughs> 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 like, they might not be, but if they are, I'm so into it. Uh, no Policy is going to be playing. Who else is up there? Um... Sickerdoll is playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Ignorant, a Paranoid Visions. Uh-huh. Um, the Rosillos. Satanic Surfers are playing. Pussy Stanch. I was going to wait. I was going to, is he going to say it? Or am I? <laughs> uh, Bishop's Green is going to be playing. Um, Anti Flag. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited, man. It should so be fun. It's, it's actually going to be hard to make choices what, what stage to go to. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, one of the things is there are like fewer stages. It's a little smaller than a show like a festival like Oceaga. There's like the two mains and I think one side, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm east west and one main. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's or it. East west and the garden. Yeah, that's it. The two east... mains and one small one. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Scott, yeah. Check uh, it out. if you see a uh, a big dude with I'm um, probably like a beard and glasses and a camera and then like a smaller dude next to him taking photos, come say hi because that's us. Damn right. <laughs> See you at 77 Montreal, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening to that. That was a whole lot of fun. We're looking forward to these shows so much. You have 
no idea. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast that you just heard, you might want to go check out our website at 9to5.cc. We do podcasts all year long. We also uh, write some blogs. We also draw and publish some comics. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And if you want to support us monetarily, you can go to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. Otherwise, you can just uh, enjoy our content for free. We're not going to ever kind of start charging for the website, so don't worry about that. If you see us at any of the festivals come out and say hi and uh, tell your friends about this little podcast that you heard it's awesome 905.cc podcast blogs and comics made in montreal since 2011